Hello and welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience, and then relate to you, the listener, if this game is the creme de la creme of co-op, or something better off playing solo. This one's actually going to be a little bit special, because we actually have the, the community manager from Clever Plays. Our new guest is Liz Mack. How are you doing, Liz? Hello, everybody. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thanks for coming out. Now, we actually encountered you... Uh, I think maybe a couple times, you're also the social media manager, or the lead social media manager, correct? That's correct. I wear a lot of different hats over at the studio. So, do you manage the Twitter as well? Yep, all of our social medias, uh, our Twitch channel, everything like that is all me. Well, I think that's where it like, made first contact, where Nave originally tweeted out something about Operation Tango, and then you guys either, like, I don't do Twitter, so you retweeted it or you shared it. Or something, you upvoted it, and <laughs> and then I'm like, dang, these guys are, they're involved in their community. Uh, maybe I should check out some more. And I saw you guys had a Discord, and then I went to the Discord. And I'm like, hey, I really want to share this content we made about it. And then you were, you guys were just like, yeah, go ahead. And I was like, perfect. And then I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go to their website. I go to their website, and they have a contact us page. And we've never reached out to any game studios before this point. And I'm like. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? They just never talk to us again. So I emailed in and I was like, hey, uh, we'd really like to talk to someone from y'all's studio. And then it was the next day you emailed me right back and I was like, oh, crud. Now we have to actually do an episode. <laughs> and now you're stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's been really great. Uh, it's being involved in the community is something that's super important to all of us at the studio. And we really want to build that type of relationship just with people who enjoy co-op games and enjoy, you know, hopefully our game might be a little biased, yeah, that's in fine. That, but, um, but regardless, just to build like a really welcoming community of people who love playing games together. And it's been a joy to watch that grow. Yeah. It's definitely right up our alley. So here in our show, we enjoy co-op games pretty much predominantly. That's what we do. So do you have like, <laughs> you yeah, say. big surprise. And I'm assuming you like games. trying to keep the title a secret. Oh my god! So that they don't know. <laughs> so, do you have like a notable co-op memory or something you'd like to share? Because that's what we usually ask our guests whenever they come in. Yeah. So growing up, I actually got into video games a little bit late. Uh, my first console was a PlayStation Two. Okay. It's um, a good place to start. Just yeah, just because growing up, you know, money was a little tight, and so we had to save up for our console, and we only got two games, and neither of them were co-op. My younger brother and I used to fight over whose turn it was to play the PlayStation, so my dad used to have to set an oven timer for 20 minutes, and we each <laughs> got to play for 20 minutes, and we played Spyro Year of the Dragon, was my nice. very first console game. Big fan of Spyro, and you know it plays a little differently when you have a seven-year-old glaring over your shoulder, <laughs> waiting for it to be their turn to play. Um, but uh, to this day, it's still one of my favorite. Getting to go from playing single-player games with my brother hovering to eventually getting to play games with him when we both had our own consoles and could play online mo multiplayer games and co-op games to then making a co-op game that I got 
to hover over my brother's shoulder while he played with one of his friends. Um, because I was like, I don't want to play it with you because I know all the answers to the puzzles, but I'm just going to awkwardly watch you play yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with your friend. Did um, you have to do the thing with your parents where you had to convince them that it was a DVD player since it played DVDs? Yeah, <laughs> it plays DVDs too. It plays CDs. You could put a CD in there and it'll play your music on the TV. How great would that be? That's so cool. It does it all. Um, I didn't have to convince my dad too much, though. A lot of the reason that I am very involved in video games is because of my dad. He's always been a board game and video game aficionado. So my very first game I ever played, much to my mother's dismay, was Diablo on the on the <laughs> PC. Like, old, original Diablo, and I must have been about 11 uh, and she's like, that's a very violent video game. <laughs> I bet you're excited for Diablo 2's uh, remake coming out. Yes, very excited. Um, Featuring eight-player co-op? <laughs> that's a lot of co-op. Yeah, that's kind of I don't even know. I don't even know how it would work. Just It's so much, so many particle effects going everywhere all the time. Yeah, you really got to hope that your PC can hold up. Otherwise, it's going to look like a slideshow. <laughs> Growing up, it was a lot of sharing sharing a game uh, that was not designed to be co-op, but it makes me love co-op games even more now. It's pretty rad. So one big question that our listeners might be having if they don't really keep up with the gaming industry is, what is a community manager? What do you do for a job? Uh, the age-old question posed to me by everyone I've ever met, and especially my grandparents. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> essentially with community management... Uh, more and more nowadays, developers are more accessible than they are than they have been in the past. So, you know, if your favorite game was uh, Spyro growing up, you couldn't just jump into an essentially a group text with the developer and say, "Hey, I really liked your game, but I didn't like this character. Why did you design him this way?" Whereas nowadays, that's essentially what Discord is, and the communities are so much more open and accessible to be able to talk to the developers and creators that having a community manager is having someone who is there to help foster the type of the type of environment that you want for people who play your games, uh, the type of community that you want to build. Nine times out of 10, we do also handle all of social media, uh, especially for smaller studios. When the studio gets bigger, you definitely have more people, some of whom just do social media, some of whom just do community management. It's just talking to your fans yeah. and really getting to know what it is that they really loved about the game and helping with bug fixes and, you know, um, getting to hear great stories about people playing your game and also not so great stories about people playing your game, all which help you make better games. That is one thing that I've said from the very start is that our community helps us make better games even if that's through less than constructive criticism sometimes you know you always get a few of those you have to develop quite a thick skin um but it's been such a joy as part of my job to really foster the type of community and the type of environment that i love as someone who plays video games and just as someone who makes video games as well to make sure that people are being respectful and kind and sharing great memories of playing not only our game but other games um making lifelong friendships <laughs> um hopefully we've had quite a few people use operation tango as their like second date 
uh, which is a brave choice. <laughs> That's what me and Dave did too. It's a better choice than Overcooked. I don't know if you've ever played that game before. But... I have. It all just depends on how well you and uh, your date handle puzzles and communication. It's a good relationship test for sure. But yeah, so every day uh, I'm in charge of uh, monitoring all of the social media accounts. That might mean responding to Twitter DMs or Facebook posts, which are very rare nowadays. <laughs> but we still have to deal with the Facebook every once in a while. Uh, doing activities in our Discord. Uh, when Before things got crazy busy with launching the game, I got to do some really fun stuff like host game nights. And we did... I'm a huge Dungeons & Dragons fan, so I DM'd a couple <laughs> uh, D&D one-shots for the community, which was great. So getting to do fun things like that, but also... Responding to emails, that info at Clever Plays that you guys uh, sent us an email to, we get hundreds of emails every week to that same email address from things such as bug reports, which are a bit slow for us to get versus Discord or Twitter. So if any yeah. listeners out there have any issues, please don't email us. You can. It'll just take me three days to get back to you. Join our Discord. We have a whole page for bug reporting. As well as doing uh, any events. So we were lucky enough to participate in PAX East last weekend. Um, and we are going to be participating in other shows throughout the summer and fall. We've got Tokyo Game Show coming up in September. We're hopefully going to be doing something with PAX West as well. So all of the events are all managed by me. I also do all of the video editing and graphic design for the studio. So all of the graphics that we tweet out, everything that we have on our store pages, it, it's it's a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, it seems like you have your hands pretty full. Cool. You have to cover all the bases. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but just essentially any interaction with the public is usually handled by the community manager, whether it's being on amazing podcasts such as this or responding to the age old debate of whether or not pineapples belong on pizza in our discord well uh, if you're pizza. if you're juggling all of those uh what do people juggle bowling pins juggling all those bowling <laughs> yeah. pins it must make you a lot more passionate about the whole project in general like you have to be passionate about it if yeah. you're putting yourself through all of that it's really it would be really difficult to be a community manager for a game that you didn't love the hardest thing uh for a community manager and i've asked Quite a few, and everyone has said the same, is work-life balance. Because your job mm -hmm. is 100% online all the time. It's in your phone, it's in your laptop, it's in your PC. And most of us are video gamers as well. So if I'm playing some Dead by Daylight with some friends, and I see a message pop in saying, Hey, like my game's not working, how do I fix <laughs> this? And I know it's a quick fix, even though I'm off work 9 times out of 10, I'm just going to be like, Hold on guys, I just got to respond to this really quick. <laughs> I used to make video game walkthroughs for achievements like years ago, and I would yeah. get messages on my gamer tag because I was a fool and I left my gamer tag in the video. And uh, people would message me like, "Hey, I'm pressing this button in level three, and it's not working." And I'm like, <laughs> "I don't know." Hey, you were a volunteer community manager then, let me tell you. Um, but yeah, so it's it is a a lot of little things to balance. But if you love meeting people and talking to people and you love video games, it's a fantastic um, career path. 
we seem to be nailing it because it kept us more involved with the game than we have been with our other games so far. Oh, shucks. For audio listeners, I am blushing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I think that goes right into uh, kind of like a brief description of games we've kind of been playing lately. Now, listeners at home, dear co-op partners, this is only like 14 hours after our last episode was recorded. So the only thing I've played is about five minutes of Dragon Quest Tactics. Have y'all played this one? Why is there a tilde above the O? I thought there was something on my screen. Oh, it's <laughs> and you put Dragon, a tilde on the o. I guess. I don't know. It autocorrected the Dragon. <laughs> Great. Spanish dragon. But it is literally the Dragon Quest gotcha game. That's all it is. I figured it was probably a mobile gotcha game. Yeah, because apparently <laughs> I can't get away from them. You got yeah, addicted. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy to just have everything in your ha- in your pocket nowadays. It's super cute. It's fun. Play it for about 30 minutes till you get burned out, and then just uninstall it. <laughs> well, for me, I'm still playing Death's Door. Um, it's still brand new to me, and it's it's wonderful. I don't really have too much more to elaborate on because I haven't played too much of it. I've mostly been video editing, but um, or audio editing, sorry. I really want the soundtrack of this game. Like, I just want a CD with this soundtrack, or I want it to be on Spotify so I can listen to it at work or something, because there's something about the the piano and the flutes and stuff going on. Like, the guy did a really good job, the guy mm-hmm. who was in charge of all of that. Love a good video game soundtrack. Which, one thing you pointed out on stream, whenever I was watching you, was how, whenever you get hit, it does, like, an audio cue where the song hangs for like half a second and like it like pulses and then resumes so it it's almost like they hit you so hard the soundtrack stopped or skipped a beat it feels that way sometimes when especially if you're in a boss fight it makes it really intense it makes you scared because it's like do and the music starts playing again and you're like <gasps> it really wakes you up <laughs> all right liz it looks like you got a old fire emblem down here the new one is that the new one yeah, yeah, it is. Hi, my name is Liz Mack, and I have a fire emblem problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I have been a fan of the Fire Emblem series, not as long as diehard fans, so I will not put that mantle on my shoulders. But um, when Fire Emblem Three Houses came out, it was a day one buy for me, and I didn't do anything for about two weeks afterwards. And then I put it down for I like I, I played through the game, loved it, loved every minute of it. Put it down for six months, picked it back up, played through the game, loved every minute of it. I recently was like, hmm, you know what? I'm really craving just some <laughs> Fire Emblem battles, just the battles, like the actual fighting mechanics. Um, so I booted it up again. <laughs> I've played like nine hours in the past. Two days, which for nice. me is a lot uh, because uh, it is during the work week. But I did get my um, my second dose of the vaccine yesterday. And so I've had a little bit more resting time, which means more Fire Emblem time. It's like a comfort food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. But um, overall, the games I always want to shout out is um, Subnautica is the reason that I am a community manager today. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, it's a small indie game by Unknown Worlds uh, that is a survival story game where you crash land on a planet that is made up of 90% water and you have to survive. There's aliens, there's big scary things. 
and it terrified me when I first played it. I used to have to sit with my feet like cross-legged on my chair because <laughs> the the illusion of like your feet dangling above water was just not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I really absolutely it's no pun first, intended. Yeah. <laughs> It's the first video game community where I'm like, I really want to, no pun intended, dive into this community and learn more about the game. I was one of the first early access members to play it. It's the reason that I got my video gaming PC because I needed a gaming PC to play it. They had not released on any consoles at that point. And I had such a great experience with it and that it really made me dive into video game communities. And I'm like, wait... What's a community manager? Oh, I like that. Let's see if I can do that. Um, and the other game that I play endlessly uh, is Slay the Spire, which is a roguelike yep. deck building game. Um, I notoriously say that I'm terrible at all video games, which is very true. My friends and coworkers will attest to that. Uh, but for some reason, Slay the Spire is like the one video game that I just dominate at it's a single player game but my friends and i have found a way to make it co-op well not cooperative but versus uh in that we will both create this you can create the same run so it's exactly the same same scene and yeah and we just race uh (laughs) to see who can either finish the fastest or go the furthest without dying uh, and it always gets way too intense for a deck building card game. <laughs> so who's your go-to for the uh, the champs? Like, there's like the four different characters. Like, do you have a favorite? So I do. I, Ironclad is my favorite. Yeah. The original. He's a strong OG. boy. Yeah, my big strong boy. Uh, he's also the one that I've gotten the furthest with in regards to like because you can. It's different ascension yeah, levels. levels. So I think farthest I made is like three. I never made it past that. So I'm at I'm at 17. My God, I'm at seven. It goes. To, <laughs> it, I think it goes to 32. To be fair, I'm only at 17 with Ironclad because that's the one I've put the effort into mm-hmm. into like memorizing the strats. But I just have a real fun time playing that game. I usually take 30 minutes to do the daily challenge that comes out yeah. every day, and it's like. I usually do that with my breakfast. It's like my get ready for work thing. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll get some breakfast. I'll get some Slay the Spire on my Switch and we'll be good to go. My breakfast and lunch game is Yakuza because of all the cutscenes. It's like, I'm just going to watch a 10, 15 minute long cutscene and eat food. Fire Emblem is great for that too because they have auto scroll. So you can just turn on auto scroll and just watch it like a cutscene, even though normally you'd have to continue the dialogue on with buttons. That Subnautica game has this real uncanny beauty about it, too. I've just been thinking about it when you were talking. It's like the uh, the aesthetic of the game mm-hmm. is it's it draws you in. Definitely. I love games that look they, like that are very artistically meticulously designed. Yeah. I think I've got really, those two words backwards. It really does a good job of making something that looks completely alien and yet completely realistic, too. Like, that's what I loved about subnautica is that in regards to books movies tv shows and video games one of my favorite genres is what i call i'm sure there's a better name for it but i call realistic sci-fi it's like yes this is technically science fiction but it could happen it's not (laughs) it's not so you know it's not i i love star wars i love star trek but that's like hard sci-fi but something, and technically Subnautica is too, but the way that they've done 
the art and like the the world building, it really does feel close enough to Earth that you're like, yeah, this looks like water. This looks like coral. This looks like a mountain. Um, but then you have a Reaper Leviathan swimming 20 feet underneath you and you want to cry. Yeah, I was going to say, what about the sea monkeys that just swim up and steal your stuff? <laughs> Those so two. since you said you like, uh, you like the sci-fi, do you have any opinions on Mass Effect? Okay. This well, is he shook his head. Pod. Please, please, everyone, don't stop. Don't stop listening because I've been talking about Mass Effect for like two months straight. But <laughs> I just beat it, so everyone was like, "Oh, relief!" And I brought it up again. I'm I'm about to get kicked off this podcast, but I have never played a Mass Effect game. Well, that's fine because they just since they just got re-released, you oh got plenty of time. They're <laughs> sponsored by I... Bioware. Let me. <laughs> I get I get into two two distinct things that I could say about being a gamer uh, that instantaneously get me kicked out of a discussion is I've never played a Mass Effect game, and I've never played a Dragon Age game. Oh, I love them so much. Uh, you probably is if you like sci-fi, you probably would like Mass Effect a lot more though. Mm-hmm. There's there's I, some really I interesting love- ideas in there. I love fantasy as well. I own Skyrim on three different devices because apparently I have not given them enough of my money. Yep. Uh, We've all done it. Yeah. For some reason, I just, I missed the boat with Mass Effect and Dragon Age. It wasn't on my radar. It could be because if I remember correctly, Dragon Age was Xbox exclusive. I think it was Mass Effect, the first one. I'm not sure about the first Dragon Age. It might have been because that's where I played it. But I exclusively had PlayStation consoles until I was, like, 22. The only Xbox game I ever played was at my best friend's house, and that's Fable. And I loved Fable. All of the Fables, yes. Um, I bought an Xbox 360 so I could play Fable 2. But I just, I missed it. And then it got to the point where so many people were like, how have you not played this? How have you not played this? That something was just like, "Ah, that's too much pressure. (laughs) I feel like... It's like, I feel like it's someone saying, oh, I've never seen The Office. And people are like, what? How have you not seen The Office? It is a 30-minute, you know, comedy television series that has defined an entire generation. Next, you're going to tell me you've never seen Friends. But it's been something that's, like, on my list, but I'm scared of them. The fandom is very intense. Yeah, it's not our it's not our demographic at the moment either. So everyone that he listens to us regularly, they don't they generally don't care about Mass Effect, and they hear me talk for thirty minutes at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, it's it's really good, and I would just I would just suggest that you know don't really pay attention to what everyone's talking about. Like it's fun to talk to your friends about who like Mass Effect, yeah. but random strangers they have expectations, you know. And you might just walk right into a spoiler, which Mass Effect's unique in a way that a lot of things that could be spoiled might not happen to you because it's so cha- it's no it's so choice dependent. But yes, I do like that's one of the things that surprise people that I haven't played it is I love choice based games as well. Um, things like Life is Strange, all of the Telltale series, like mm. I adore those games. So they're like, why have you not played Mass Effect? It's it, I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. Yeah, to be fair, Mass Effect is intimidating. Those are, mm-hmm. like, the Telltale games, I think, are, like, two to three hours each episode for five yeah. episodes. And these games, like, I think I put, by the time I got done with three, granted, I did everything. I was doing everything. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I put in 
240 hours over like four, three or four months. So it's like, that's intimidating. That was like, I had nothing else on my plate. I was only doing Mass Effect, but yeah, yeah very fun definitely, stuff. Definitely on my to-do list. It's just not at the top of my to-do list right now. So you want to talk about uh, any interesting stories that happened to you recently, Philip? I heard yes. about a fire alarm situation. Yeah. So, Nave, what time do you think we finished recording last night? We finished recording at uh, like 12.30 Central Time. Yeah, so kind of late. Yeah, you probably took about 30 minutes to go to bed after that. Yeah, well, it was actually kind of longer than that because I was stressed out that I had, you know, two tests the next day. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I hope I prepared enough. Which I went in and got 90. Bow, bow, bow. That was the thing, yeah. though, is... At 3 a.m. that same night, by the way, the fire alarm went off in my hotel. And so I was like, oh, crud. I guess I got to evacuate now. But, like, I don't see any smoke. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe I can disable the fire alarm if I, like, put something over it. You know, like, maybe I can go back to sleep. Because, like, I don't need to be up till 4 a.m. But now I went outside and stood with all the other airmen. And they're just, everybody's just angry as we watch the fire <laughs> protection guys show up. And they're just walking around doing their thing. And they're like, I guess it was a false alarm. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> On the test today. Yeah. That had to have been on purpose. Yeah, maybe. So then I go back inside and I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, I'll just play some Xbox. I got, I don't know, like two hours before I even really need to be up and moving. So I'll just play some Xbox. Have you seen the Xbox black screen of death? On the no, new? I have no idea what that is. Okay, so it's when your Xbox just decides that it's not going to work anymore. So you just like, you start it up and the like base operating system for the dashboard, it just doesn't load up. So it'll boot up, it'll say, Xbox, you know, big green screen, <laughs> and then black screen. You can hold down the guide button, and it'll pull up, you know, shut down console, disconnect controller, restart console. But you can't do anything else. And I'm like, oh, no. Don't tell me this is this is happening right now. <laughs> so quick Google search, and I'm like, how do I fix this? You know, of course, Microsoft, very unhelpful. <laughs> they do not have any good support <laughs> for this. So I'm like, okay, what does YouTube got for me? And, of course, there's, like, a video of this, like, 14-year-old kid, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm going to show you how to fix this. And I'm like, thank God someone knows what they're doing. And so I watch this, like, tutorial video, which is, like, five minutes long, and he's like, you can actually load up the BIOS if you hold down the sync button. No, you hold down the power button to, like, turn it on. And then when you hear the beep, beep, you got to let go of the power button and hold down the sync button on the side of the Xbox. And it'll take you to, like, the BIOS screen. You know, like when you what? Yeah, when you boot up like your PC, it's like hold F11 to go to your BIOS. You know, how does this child know how to open up the BIOS? Man, but he got a subscribe from the Gaming Together YouTube channel, <laughs> and he got a comment from me saying Great. thanks, bud, because it worked. <laughs> you went in there, and he was like, okay, you just need to go in here, restore everything to factory defaults. But you know, it's like you can pick this one that'll like keep your game data or not your game data, but like your install games but it'll delete all your save data. And I'm like, oh man, all my save data. And so I go and I'm like, oh, whatever, YOLO. And so I just delete it all and I just reboot. I'm like, if it fixes it, it fixes it. I can always play games again. And then I load up bug fables and I'm like, let's see if it really deleted my save data. Well, no, everything's in the cloud. I'm just a dummy. So <laughs> all my save data is still there. So I'm like, so this guy just fixed my problem with no hangups. No drawbacks whatsoever. Yeah. Don't you love when things just work out? And then I got an A Amazing. on my test, which it doesn't matter. A pass is a pass in the Air Force. They don't care about grades. But, you know, <laughs> this is how it is. Hey, you know, maybe that uh, 3 a.m. fire alarm is what you needed to really jolt everything to the top of your mind. And yeah, I guess. There you go. So I think now would be a quick time for us to uh, take a little break. And we're back. 
So as community manager over at Clever Plays, uh, you were telling us pre-chat that you are super close to all the people that you're saying. There's only nine workers there. In our last pod, we were like, oh, there's only eight. But apparently you guys picked up one more somewhere. Oh, we forgot our marketing coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to marketing coordinator. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, no, it's a really well, um, a close-knit studio, despite the fact that we do all operate remotely. Um, that has been something that happened uh, originally due to the pandemic. There was a studio prior, but I joined the team last November. So right in the middle of everything. And I'm actually the only studio member not located in the province of Quebec. I am over on the West Coast in Vancouver, Canada. But even despite being across the country from each other, we're all very close. We work all through the, the same channels and it's really been nice to be so close to the whole development process from bug fixes to level design to events and social media and marketing and all of that. It's been great to see sort of the whole process of how the, the sausage is made, as they say. <laughs> nice. Now here at uh, Gaming Together, our kind of like goal or like what we're working towards is encouraging playing games together cooperatively collabing that kind of like gameplay teamwork spirit in video games okay i really kind of got crazy there but that's cool we can edit it out if it's bad it'll be fine <laughs> so do you guys have like kind of a endpoint goal for your studio like there's always like i don't even know like what kind of games does bethesda make anymore or not bethesda but yeah like those like yeah with Clever Plays, it's never, uh, we aren't just a cooperative games studio. Mm -hmm. We do love co-op games, uh, and that's why it was so important to us to make Operation Tango. Uh, Matthew, our, one of our studio heads and our head game designer, he uh, had a, a desire to make a co-op game from from his love of board games and getting to play board games with his family and his friends and that's something that's really near and dear to my heart board games and tabletop games and that feeling of being able to spend an afternoon with people that you care about uh, having a good time doing something that's engaging your mind as well as just like so much fun uh was one of the big pushes behind making operation tango and while development for us started pre-pandemic Having something that is not a couch co-op, like it, this fully function, it could not function as a couch co-op because the whole point mm -hmm. is you can't see each other's screens. Mm -hmm. uh, finding a way to play together but apart became so much more important and so much more prevalent. And we really wanted to be able to give people the chance for an afternoon or two to connect with that friend that you haven't seen in a while. Or if you're a couple that isn't able to be together right now it's a great date night um we had some community members what they did is they really made a date night out of it and they ordered each other food through like food delivery service apps <laughs> uh and they had dinner and operation tango together um even though they couldn't be there in person for their anniversary that's what they did which was just so heartwarming to hear uh, but as a studio we love games of all different types our first game leap of fate was a cyberpunk magic roguelike game which is single player and for any future games they might be cooperative they might be single player they might be versus we don't it's not we're not 100 percent set into one genre we do really just 
want to play games that or make games that we want to play and that are smart and that's the way to go and yeah and definitely we're excited to see how things grow and how new games join the catalog yeah well this i want to take this time to pat myself on the back which i did say i was going to (laughs) do that uh, i was very very close with matthew i uh well how do you pronounce his last name matthew begin i go roll the tape back and uh, go listen to the Operation Tango. I promise. I I basically said that. Okay, just for this, I, I'm going to go back. I'm going to edit in exactly what you said at this point right here. Previously on Gaming Together. Oh, you can't pronounce his name? The Go ahead the, and you pronounce it first. Okay. Um, Matt Tuell Beignet. That's, I would say it's Matt, Matt, Matt you. Matt you. Oh, Matt you. Matt you. And yeah, then Matt you. Beggin. Matt you Beggin. Okay, it's one of those seven pronunciations. Take your pick. And see, that sounds okay. nothing like what she just said. That was a lot of extra work you did just to prove me right. I'm sorry. He's not even... I didn't, hope, are you going to even edit it for real? I don't know, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. let's hope. I'm just going to show Matt this clip of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, because we, we're both southern boys, so when we saw his name, we had a, we had a struggle. We yeah. definitely did. It's it's you know it's scary. It's got it's got extra vowels. There's an accent over the e. Uh... <laughs> Just like dragon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you want to get into the game itself? Yeah. Philip? Let's move right into the game. So Operation Tango. Have you have you played Operation Tango? <laughs> Twice. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with it. You know. <laughs> Because when we played it, we also, well, we played it twice through because, like, we jumped in, we saw the two characters, and Nave was like, which one do you want to be? And I'm like, I bond the the mustache hacker, the hacker man. And I'm like, I think I see which one I like. And so I ended up being, like, the hacker our first way through, and then we swapped and played through the whole game again, like, back to back, because we wanted to get all angles. That is how we recommend playing the game. Um, you know, it is, especially if you are... Uh, players who play co-op games or multiplayer games together, you're used to communicating. Um, so doing something like solving puzzles using only verbal communication might come easier to you than people who don't usually do puzzle games. I've seen people take five hours for their first playthrough. I've seen people do it in two and a half. Uh, I've seen people do it in two. It all just depends, but um, we really wanted to reiterate one of the challenges of making Operation Tango is it really is two games in one because it is a completely different gameplay whether you play as our agent or as the hacker um, because while the story is the same and cutscenes you know um, are the same for both players the screens that you're looking at and the mechanics that you have to do are completely different most of the time throughout the entire game so you're getting a different experience playing through as one character than you would as the other, which is why we do recommend people play through as one character and then through as the other. That's one thing we hit on, because I was asking uh, him to stream the first time we played, and he's like, I don't know if people are going to want to watch this because he's playing the hacker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, in meat space, looking at everything. I'm like, look at all this stuff. This is like People are going to look at this. It's fine. And then whenever I played it the second time, I was like looking at a screen the whole time. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I get it now. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. files in, in like, <laughs> so, Excel documents. 
So we wanted to make sure that both characters um, had equal weight when it came to actual gameplay mechanics. We didn't want one person just feeling like the support character the whole time. You know, one of our greatest uh, inspirations was actually keep talking and nobody explodes. The, the one thing about that is that one person is just reading a Word document. Uh, which works really, really well for their game, but we wanted to try and make something that was much more balanced and both players felt like they had an integral role. But absolutely 100% agree. You know, we've, we've been, I've been lucky enough to watch a lot of streams of Operation Tango. That's one of my favorite parts of the job is making sure that regardless of how many viewers someone has, I try to hop into as many Twitch streams as I can answer any questions that they have about the game and also selfishly my it's my favorite thing to watch people play our game and have fun and laugh and struggle and <laughs> swear at each other for not uh knowing exactly uh what they need and uh overall the for most levels the agent has uh more dynamic i, I wouldn't say more dynamic visuals just more stream friendly visuals mm-hmm. but yeah we definitely definitely wanted both characters to feel like characters and not just support you said something about the don't talk unless anyone explodes mm-hmm. uh that game where it's basically one person's reading a spreadsheet and the other person's defusing a bomb we definitely brought that up a couple of times especially once we started talking about the last level of the game and which is one of my favorite parts of the game in general just that hardcore puzzle solving like you really have to shut up and start trying to figure everything out uh situation I think Philip's favorite part, which I would say probably is the crescendo of the game, is the the train, especially oh, towards the, the end. So good. <laughs> it was very fun, and even when you're messing up and we're just like confused, trying to figure everything out, it's it's still a very goofy situation that you always find yourself in. Yeah, those are some of my favorite segments of the game as well, because we wanted to make sure that we built a game that was friendly for people who don't usually play video games in the sense that the checkpoints are very forgiving. Because I know, as someone who is trademarked terrible at video games, um, (laughs) that if I was to, like, struggle through all the way and almost finish a puzzle and have to start back all the way at the beginning, that's when we wanted to have that balance of frustration to fun. Because you got to have a little frustration. You want the game to be difficult in some areas. Like, you want to have it be something that you're trying to achieve because then you get that rush of actually doing it. We wanted to make sure that we leveled out those frustration and fun levels. So having something like very forgiving checkpoints and for most of the game, there isn't a huge time constraint, but then we throw you those curveballs where, yeah, you have 15 seconds to describe what this picture looks like, or you're going to get hit by a firewall and and have to restart. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The firewalls. (laughs) <laughs> so uh so yeah it was really important to us to make something that was fun to play puzzles that were engaging but also that were forgiving uh in regards to checkpoints and progress in the game so that you can easily take a few minutes if you need to breathe uh, remember why you love your co-op partner and then continue on <laughs> one thing i did before we actually got to play operation tango is i went and did an escape room I don't know Mm -hmm. if you guys had any influence from escape rooms, but as I played it, I had this weird deja vu of I felt like I was in that escape room messing around with things. Like in the kind of the calm moments of the game where you're walking around trying to figure out how to get the key card or get up the elevator. Yeah. Did you guys have any influence from the escape room phenomenon? 
Absolutely. Yeah. It was something that, uh, it's uh, doing an escape room is an activity that you do generally not by yourself. You do it with other people. That'd be so lonely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're just going to lock you in this room. Figure, figure out how to get out. See you later. We wanted to create a similar feeling environment in the, in the video game, uh, in that we have these action packed sequences, but then we also have these moments where you just really have to figure out what you have to do next and how to get to the next room and how to get to the next level. And, how to get past these security drones and and sometimes i know for me it's it's sometimes it's difficult sitting in a twitch stream the streamer is like it can't be that easy i must be missing something and completely overthinks it. i'm like no it is that it is that easy sometimes <laughs> sometimes making the like next step the most logical step is the one that like trips people up the most um yeah. i know specifically my favorite a uh, little hang up that people get stuck on is in mission two. There's a moment where you have to give employee access to your partner mm-hmm. and you give them an identity. I have listened to people justify why they think that is the correct identity and that there's only one correct identity to give to the, to your partner. And, it, <laughs> and, Oh, it must be the person with the most points or it must be the person that looks the most like your player character or it must be the person that looks the most like the rich white CEO. Uh, and just sitting there knowing, no, nah, we just really wanted you to be able to pick whoever you wanted. <laughs> you know, we didn't point that out exactly, but that was like a hunch in the back is I'm like, I don't know what we're supposed to pick here. Because we did stop at that point where I'm like, I got to give Nave one of these characters. I don't know which one yeah. it is. And then when also, we, what's up? Oh, go on. Sorry. When we played through the second time, you gave me a different character, and I'm like, okay, it doesn't matter. Like on that point, I didn't even notice. Honestly, I I have a bad memory, but whenever I picked, I did pick the person with the highest score. I went through each person mm-hmm. trying to figure out who had the highest one, and I picked I just picked that one out on, on a whim. Which is technically the correct person because <laughs> they are all technically the correct person. We do know that from the at least. We can't. We we don't have the ability to get the actual statistics on this, but I make. Uh. I have a spreadsheet from every single Twitch stream or YouTube video that I watch, and I mark off who they selected for the employee access. So we've got sort of like a a, a racetrack graph to see <laughs> which employees get picked the most, and it is Miss Tracy Camp uh, is the one that gets picked the most. Is that uh, just like a the blonde woman, maybe? Uh, I believe that she is the woman with the most points. Oh, okay. Because there's some people who are like, oh yeah, we got to go the most points, but it also has to match the gender of your player character. So I didn't even consider that. Other people just really <laughs> liked Tracy's player character picture, I guess. But over, overall, from all of the content that I've seen, Tracy Camp gets picked the most, but she is just as correct as all the other ones. <laughs> I was, I'm a little heartbroken. You said you didn't have the metadata for stuff like that, because that stuff sounds just like it sounds like something awesome to look at. Like I would wonder. Yeah. In the in the train level, the person who's doing the operator has a pop up that says it's like a little survey, and I would wonder how many people did the survey while the person's running around. Because I'm pretty sure we almost lost because I was doing the survey and I couldn't switch off of it. I got I was like, what panicked app are they and using, I kept. Yeah. <laughs> and I skipped the, the guy survey when going. I did it. I don't know. I got to do the survey. I was like, I'm not doing that survey. Yeah. I get enough of those in my More... email. 
more people do the survey than don't do the survey because they funny. feel like they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna fail if they don't. But uh, but yeah, no, and and that's the thing with with Operation Tango as well is that it's just so fun to see how people choose to experience it. You know, there's people who um, I've seen playthroughs where they are really like taking their time. They're trying to, they're clicking every button, looking through every door. And I've seen the speedrunning community try and pick this up. And I have, I've had this dream for a long time that I want to help make a game that is featured on Games Done Quick or Summer Games Done Quick. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> this does seem I, like a fun kind of game to have on the... I do hope that more speedrunners pick up the game because, one, it'll be interesting to see people speedrunning the game as intended to players, but I also want to see one crazy person with, like, an Xbox and a PC try to play both roles at the same time. Right, that'd be pretty interesting. I want to see that in my soul. <laughs> so, uh, listeners out there, uh, if you would like to to do that and stream it, I will attend. Please let me know. I will by all means join Twitch the Discord channel. Join our Discord. Let us know because that is like that's the the dream of mine. I've been very lucky in this last year of being a community manager that I've been able to tick off quite a few lifelong goals. I've been able to write articles for Xbox and PlayStation that are featured on their website, which I never thought I'd be able to do. You know, artwork has been published by IGN. That is stuff that I did. But high up on that list is I want one of our games to be at Summer Games Done Quick. I want to, I want to go to the conference. I want to watch it be played. That's like... The piece de resistance for community management in my eyes. If they get stuck, are you going to yell out the answer to them? If they know. for some reason. Watch, the IP address. It's the IP address. <laughs> You're on their left. You're on their left. Which the second time we played through this, we were genuinely like speedrunning this game because it's mm. like like we brought we brought it up in the episode that we recorded. It's like, he, Philip doesn't, he's like, Nave, I don't know where the mainframe is, I can't remember. And I'm like, it's on the opposite side of the room from where you're at. I just remember from yesterday. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, yeah. this must be what speedrunning feels like. Because <laughs> we're just, like, picking up the slack for each other. And we really crushed it that second time. Yeah, and it's different, too, if you, uh, if you play with different people. You know, I've played with strangers, I've played with content creators, I played the, the demo level with my grandfather to try to explain to him what it is I do for a living. Uh, <laughs> and it's always it's always a different experience. So while the story may be the same, a lot of the puzzles randomize and uh, who you're playing with really does change your experience as well. So there is that replayability there. I was going to ask about the DLC. Yeah, like uh, we don't want to take stuff. too much more of your time. I think we're hitting our limit. Uh, one thing we really hit on at the end of our last pod was we just wanted more. Like, we did have, like, kind of a couple hang-ups with the game. Like, we got tired of the lock-picking puzzle because the second <laughs> time around, we're like, you got to slide the block, Nave. Nave, slide the block. And I'm like, just, like, slamming it. Or the, the ball-sliding puzzle when you got to get the ball in the hole without touching the walls. And we're just, like, ramming it into the wall repeatedly. And I'm like, Nave, just, just go up. you got to go up now. So I know that we're we're quite short on time here, but I have to tell this story. It's my favorite story. Um, so we released the first level of the first mission of Operation Tango, which is our demo. Um, it acts as our tutorial as well. Kind of teaches you some of the puzzles that'll reappear, gets you in the in the mindset for you know secret spy missions and hacking. It usually only takes fifteen to twenty five minutes for most people uh, to get all the way through it. 
So we released that back in August of 2020. One of the first streams that I got to watch after joining the team in November was this amazing community member. Um, I, I know him as Lloyd, but his, his Twitch name is Prezel. Twitch.tv slash Prezel for those who want to know. But he streamed the uh, demo with his best friend. I have never seen two grown men break down <laughs> as much as I have with them trying to get past that first puzzle. I was laughing, having a great time in the chat. Um, and after the demo was done, they were like, listen, we love the game. That better be the only time that puzzle is in there. you got to take that puzzle off. So uh, Lloyd and Connor, the two players, they Lloyd's been having his house renovated uh, for the past for the past while. So he hasn't been able, like, hasn't had his stream set up. And he's like, I don't want to play Operation Tango until I can stream it with Connor. So like, they're still waiting. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, they'll be able to play through. But I, I'm just so excited for that moment when they realize <laughs> that they have up. to do that puzzle. Like three more. <laughs> I think that they're just not going to be friends with me anymore. They might uninstall the game right there. But every time they've been such pillars of the community and I'm so thankful for them because they made my transition as a fan of the game to the community manager so easy because it's been, it's nice when you have those community members that are always there to make you smile and like tell a good joke or share a good story in the discord. I'm so excited to get to see them play and yeah it, it always warms my heart so every time i see that puzzle i think of them and how much they hate it <laughs> we kind of had a we kind of had a good time with it a little bit because it's it's always funny when we're hitting the wall over and over again because we didn't expect to die and we're ever like oh stop everyone stop moving everyone stop moving <laughs> so that just left us though like puzzles aside we just wanted more of the game like when they're like, we got another mission for you. Yeah. So can you tell us anything about like possible DLC packs or like a sequel or anything? So I don't have any information that I can share right now okay. about when there will be DLC, what it'll look like, and whether it will be free DLC or paid DLC. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot share anything uh, right now. We do ask that people who are fans of the game or people who become fans of the game to be very patient with us. As we've mentioned, we actually only have five programmers so in our studio of nine there's five programmers who made the entire game none of us have had vacation in like a year and a half two years <laughs> so we we did just release the game uh june 1st on playstation and steam and then july 1st on xbox uh, so we are really right in the middle of launching still so it will be a little while longer before i have any more information about dlc well, we'll be looking forward to it because that map is looking a little empty without all those. We need a, we need like eight or nine more little spots. Yeah, we need a we need a we need a space mission. We need a spot out out there in the moon. <laughs> Send we need you something. to the moon. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. it's been so great having you on. Thank you for making time for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you both so much. It's been such a joy. Uh, and thank you for being part of our amazing community. And uh, I look forward to being able to see where you guys go with the podcast too awesome thanks Appreciate so much it's it an awesome opportunity anytime let's take a quick break then we just said goodbye to our special guest 
and uh, we're going to go through all of our mailer feedback and the wind-down stuff that we normally do. Let me do a quick... Which, uh, you want to do the... Yeah, a quick check <laughs> for mailer feedback. Suspense. And there is no mailer feedback in the email box. I'm very it's sorry. It's been one day. <laughs> it's been one day since we read the last two It hasn't been uh, a day. It's been like 14 got. hours, you know, since... Well, it's been yeah, longer than that it's... now. <laughs> Ooh, man, it's been a wild ride. I'm surprised we're even, like, able to keep it together with the conversation at least yeah i'm ready to sleep really hard <laughs> which we should probably end All the right. pod at this point so for our next episode maybe pso maybe something fantasy else. star online i don't even think we did we bring it up yesterday did we bring it up the last episode i don't know what we might have been doing i mean i think it's probably gonna be fantasy star online something may f- fly in like in between those things like the fantasy star online episode isn't as important as if another friend spontaneously wants to be part of the podcast also. So it's like, we'll, we'll figure it all out. Which we've been having a lot of guests lately. You know, podcast listeners, let us know if you just want to, you want to get back to basics with just me and Nave, or if you like the, the rotating guest, we can just keep it going. I, for one, am thoroughly enjoying the rotating guest. I, it's, it definitely spices up everything. Like I'm done. I'm done talking. Okay, I'm done too. <laughs> well, thanks for well, thanks for joining us, co-op partners, as we sit down with Liz Mack from Clever Plays. Uh, we had a lot of fun today. We really, kind of like dived a lot deeper into the game than we did in our original episode, because we, which was you know different for us. Yeah, we had a lot more complaints in the original episode, but understanding now that like this game is new and they're like actually addressing the bug fixes, like this game. And such a small team. Yeah, this is. Completely understandable. Like what she was saying, five five uh, programmers. I was like, holy shit! Like I thought everyone was a programmer besides like her in the uh, marketing. Who was it? Marketing the guy that they forgot. I don't know, forget. it was a marketing sales guy. Shout out to him or her. <laughs> All, right. All right. Wipe the cool. sleep out of my eyes. Thanks again for joining us, co-op partners. We're really ending the pod this time. Yeah, we have three podcast episodes to edit back to back. So. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>